0: You're listening to Lost or Found, the podcast where we think about how we can live healthier, happier, and more fulfilled lives. The contents of this podcast and website are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you have regarding a medical condition and before undertaking any diet, dietary supplement, exercise, or other health program. And now, here's the host of the show, Dr. Michelle Choi.
1: Welcome back to Lost or Found. Today I'll be speaking with Jennifer Lynn, who is a spirit medium, about her paranormal work. But before we get into this topic of conversation, I wanted to share with you one of her stories that she published on her website, jenniferlinmedium.com, about a particular reading session she had several years ago, because it makes you wonder about the power of love. Although it's been years, 11 years to be exact, this particular reading session has always stayed with me. I still remember the incredible healing that was born from a beautiful reunion and the importance of realizing that life may not always be as it seems and holds many mysteries. This story shows how the seamless connection between humans and spirit is happening around us constantly. Even though most humans are veiled from experiencing this with the naked eye, it doesn't change the fact that our connection to spirit is a reality. I'll never forget that wet, cold morning one day in January 2009. I was pulling into the driveway of my office space, which I call my reading room. The driving sheets of rain was hitting my windshield, making it almost impossible to navigate into my parking space. As people in the small shopping center adjacent to my reading room were scurrying quickly, holding their paper cups from the neighborhood coffee shop, running to their cars to free themselves from the pouring rain and the bitter cold rain, I sat silently in my car along with my passenger next to me. She was a beautiful young woman with clear blue eyes and long blonde hair with a golden flecks, which blended perfectly with her golden skin tone. I asked her if she was prepared for this reading, that it would more than likely be a very emotional session and she may not receive the desired outcome she was hoping for. And sometimes grief and despair can block us from healing, which slows the reunion process between human souls and spirit souls. She replied that she had been wanting this reading session for a very long time, too long, and she was prepared for whatever the outcome, although deep inside, desperately hoping that this day would be the beginning of a renewed relationship. We went to my reading room and sat together facing Deborah, who had just arrived and sat across from us, her head down, nervously wringing her tissue with her hands. I prepared Deborah as what to expect from our communication with the other side and my responsibility to reunite her with a spirit or spirits that she was hoping to connect with today. At that moment, the lovely young lady next to me moved smoothly with ease to the other side of the room and stood readily at Deborah's right side. I closed my eyes and telepathically asked a young woman if she could begin the communication between us and Deborah. When she heard the name Deborah, I instantly felt the emotion of love overcome me. When I asked her to please start the communication, my heart fluttered with excitement. Her time had finally come to hopefully reunite. I asked a young lady my final question before we started. How will you be communicating with us? Instantly, I heard the word, mom, loud and clear. Her voice even stronger than when we spoke earlier in the car. I started to explain to Deborah that she has a beautiful young lady in spirit at her side, eagerly wanting to connect with her. She recognized you as mom, and she's always showing me balloons. She's showing me two separate occasions in the month of January. When spirit shows me balloons, it signifies celebration, either a birthday or passing in January, or both. She's also telling me that she's never left your side, that she can be with you and in spirit at the same time. The excited young lady who gave me her name, Erin, went on to talk about their close relationship. Their girls trip to Lake Tahoe. There are two Christmas trees every year because Deborah had to have a tree covered in bows and her daughter Erin had to have a tree covered in candy canes. The lighthearted memories broke the tension in the room and allowed Deborah to laugh and smile and for a moment to let go of the pain of losing her daughter. Erin even mentioned that she had a sister in spirit. Deborah miscarried a baby before Erin and she was shocked and just blown away at the idea That they have found each other in the spirit world. Everything we create in our world lives on for eternity. Erin spoke about her dog who is with her, her grandfather in spirit, and also shared how sorry she was for leaving so unexpectedly. She understood the grief her mom was going through and told her that she's been trying in dream visitations every night since she left our world. No doubt Erin is dedicated to creating a new relationship with her mother. But time seemed to have moved so quickly, and before I knew it, Erin was beginning to lose her energy. Her ethereal shape, which allowed me to temporarily see how she was in our earth world, her eyes, her hair, her angelic smile, were now beginning to fade in and out of our three-dimensional world. I knew it was time to bring our session to a close, I could see hundreds of tiny bright dots piercing her willowy form as each dot illuminated her essence, literally turning her into one bright beacon of brilliant light. I asked Erin for one final message for her mother, and Erin replied, Tell her I love her to pieces, and tell her I'll always meet her in the January rain. Erin's words brought Deborah to tears. I could feel her pain releasing from her body, and for the first time that day, I could see peace in her expression. Her anxious energy was now calm, and her eyes had the look of regeneration as she shared with me. Deborah spoke with renewed energy. You have no idea how much I needed this today. Today is my birthday. And yes, there are two events in January, one being my birthday and the other being Aaron's death. Aaron died on my birthday one year ago today. It was so unexpected. She died in a car accident. She was on her way to meet me and our family at a restaurant for my birthday dinner. She called me once she left work to say she was on her way, and I told her to please take her time, not to rush, that we would wait for her. The weather was much like today. Stormy. I told her to take it easy on the road. You know how January rain can be. And she laughed. She said, okay, mom, I'll promise I'll be careful. Love you to pieces. She would regularly tell me she loved me to pieces. It's what we always said to each other. But that night, she said, love you always. That always stuck with me. And those were the last words I would ever hear from her. Until today, I dreaded this birthday, and I begged for winter not to come, those painful memories. I was angry, and you know what? I just didn't even care about how I was treating people, including myself. I was so angry at the world, and I didn't want to feel better. Do you know how many people would say those crappy words to me? Like I'm suddenly going to heal from this, or I'll get over this tough time. I seriously wanted to punch people in the face. I miss my daughter so desperately, and I struggle every day to try and live in this world without her. I've stopped living. If she didn't have life, then I didn't want life either. But She was here with us today. I know she was. That was her. And she's reunited with her sister in heaven. Wow. Do you know how much comfort that gives me? My two girls are together with my dad. They couldn't be in better hands. In the January rain, I used to love the rain so, so much. When Erin was a young girl, I would pick her up from school, take her to our neighborhood park, and we would play in the rain together. We would dance and laugh and step in every puddle. Not very mom-like, I know, but we just had so much fun. Every year, Erin would ask me what I wanted for my birthday. And my answer was always the same. I wanted it to rain. I just wanted us to play in the rain on my birthday. And Erin would always give me the same answer. Okay, mom, we'll do it. Erin made sure that I always had rain on my birthday. Every year she would give me a gift in a tiny little glass bottle filled with water labeled January rain. She would collect the rain from the winter leading up to my birthday, and she would call it our January rain. Now it sounds like the two of us will be playing together in the rain after we leave here today. I'll meet her at our favorite park. Please tell her that I'll meet her there. I replied, she already knows. She can hear you. And Deborah breathed in a sigh of comfort. You know, for the last year, I have begged to have a sign from her, to see her, to hear her voice, to have some tangible connection with her, and I felt nothing. Everyone in my family and friend group have had experiences with her but me, and I don't understand why. We were extremely close, and although I've been happy for others, it hurt even more to know that I'm the only one not receiving anything from her. And that's when it hit me, The true experience of Deborah's reading wasn't about belief. She didn't come to me desperately needing to believe her daughter survived life after death. She was already aware of that. She needed this reading to understand what holds the spirit back from sharing signs with some and not others. And the answer is love. The stronger we love someone in life, the stronger we grieve when we lose that love. When our loved ones move into the spirit world, they are in a state of bliss. They can no longer feel the emotions of physical or emotional pain. They can no longer feel the emotions of anger, sadness, grief, anxiety, fear. Because our new connection with them is through energy, our energy will need to match their energy for us to be able to receive signs and other communication from them. Much like Deborah, sometimes we become engulfed in grief and we do need to honor our emotions and our grieving process. Whenever we have a moment of peace, even just for a few seconds of happiness between the grief, those few seconds are the opportunity to connect with our loved ones in spirit. In those moments, we are completely reunited with them. When we have a significant loss, we need to try and reach out to our loved ones in spirit in times of happiness, peacefulness, or even in a daydreamy neutral state. We should talk to them and remind them of a funny memory or a life experience we shared with them. This will catch their attention. Our loved ones in spirit take with them their love for us and their memories with us. Love is the most powerful bond in the universe. Love transcends time and space and lives and grows beyond dimensions. There is no such thing as separation. Separation is an illusion which blocks us from feeling our natural connection with those that we love. Once we recognize that we have the power to open the door to the spiritual world, and the key is the love that we share with them, there are no limits to the depths of our renewed relationship. When I shared this with Deborah, she felt so enlightened to know that Erin wasn't trying to avoid her mother. She just couldn't cut through her mother's grief in order to communicate with her. So Erin went to everyone around Deborah, hoping they would let her mom know that she was alive and well and that she wants to talk to her. Deborah then said, I feel like a new person now understanding of what's been blocking our relationship. So I'll think of the good times. I'll laugh again. I'll start living again, because now I have a reason to live again. By using me as a conduit between the two worlds, Deborah was able to remain in this state of grief while I held the higher energy to make the connection between her and her daughter. Once we discover where the true suffering is coming from, we can then transform that suffering into a transformative emotional breakthrough. Our connection is energy, and energy can never die. It transforms. And the emotion that gives the energy life is love. Therefore, love can never die. It transforms. Every January, I think of Deborah and Erin and their beautiful transformation. I have no doubt that they have remained connected. Although the grief will continue to be a part of Deborah's new path, I'm certain she will never let it stop her and Erin from playing in the January rain. And today I'll be speaking with Jennifer Lynn, who is a spirit medium here in Santa Cruz, California. From an early age, she has been able to connect with all levels of spirit, from angels, guides, and loved ones in spirit to earthbound ghosts, poltergeists, and demonic entities. She is dedicated to sharing her knowledge so others can learn how to have a deeper connection with their loved ones in spirit, strengthen their own intuitive abilities, or learn how to protect themselves and others from the dangers of the lower level beings. Welcome to Lost or Found, Jennifer Lynn. I'm so excited to get the chance to speak with you today. Thank you, Michelle. I'm so excited to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So, Jennifer, how did you get interested in ghost
2: stories? Well, that's a long story in itself. Let's see. When I started having my first life memories, I was about four years old. And it just happened naturally. So, in other words, when I was four years old, I had my first feelings of energy around me that I couldn't quite understand. I couldn't quite understand why these beings were showing up around me, especially at night. And at the age of four, I was already having experiences with my loved ones in spirit who have crossed. And that was a beautiful experience. And they would come to my bedside and they would um, sometimes telepathically give me a message. They would touch me sometimes in a very loving way. Um, sometimes they would speak with their mouths and their voices and I could hear them and it was always a loving experience. And would you see them? I would see them. Yes, I would see them at my bedside. And so that was beautiful for me. And then I started experiencing at the same age um these other beings. And it was a different feeling. Uh they never showed themselves to me. It's as if they wanted to stay in the shadows.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so what happened was I started because I couldn't see them. I started feeling them instead. I started feeling their energy, and I, what I can tell you is that it did not feel good. And these beings would do the same thing. They would come around me and they would surround my bedside, and uh, and I don't know quite how to explain it because this was really about energy. It was about that feeling that we all get when we feel like. I don't know. I feel like I could be in a dangerous situation right now. I feel like I'm unsafe in this moment. And that's what it felt like for me. And what bothered me is they never showed themselves to me like my loved ones in spirit would.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So It's like they were hiding, but they were there. They were literally hiding, but they were there. Yes. And they wanted to make their presence known to me. And that bothered me because I didn't understand what they wanted.
1: Mm -hmm. Or
2: did they need something from me? Could I help them in any way? Or to tell you the truth, I just wanted them to go away. And uh, I'll tell you what did scare me was that I could also hear them as if they were talking to each other. It's definitely not English. It's definitely not a language that I would ever recognize. It was more sounds. It was more sounds that they would make with each other. And it was a low murmur of these sounds that we don't even have in our world. Some of it sounded like a scratchy kind of screeching sound. And sometimes it sounded like almost like raindrops hitting the window really hard. This bloop, bloop, bloop sounding. Mm -hmm. But in a more petrifying way. Yes, but in a more petrifying (laughs) way. Yes, because it was so unnatural. It was just so unnatural to anything I'd known at that time in my life. Mm-hmm. And so um, it, and so I realized that, that these are beings that that I've never experienced here before. And so it seemed like they would talk to each other. And I could feel them moving around in my bedroom, but I couldn't see them. So I could literally feel their, if you could call them bodies, you know, shift. And I, I could hear them shifting around each other. And then I could hear them shifting and moving towards me. Um, Sometimes I could hear um, what sounded like a little bit of shuffling, like feet, but I never saw feet. And, uh, And sometimes they would reach out and touch me. And it was not a good feeling. Not a good feeling. So this was my first experience with these negative entities. And what I came to realize, what I learned on my own, was that for whatever reason, they did like being in the shadows. And I knew that if I turned my bedroom light on, they would go away. Um, So I knew that the light was uncomfortable for them. And so that became my comfort. So I learned these strange little ways, you know, to try and get by and to try and get some sleep at night. And because my parents or no one around me could understand what I was afraid of, Um, they didn't know how to help me. Mm -hmm. So it was something that I had to kind of figure out on my own.
1: Was it kind of like The Sixth Sense, the movie? A lot of kids are afraid of stuff, but then for you it sounds like it could have actually been really real.
2: Yes, yes. It's a scary feeling to know that you're in the presence of these beings that don't feel comfortable to you whatsoever. Mm -hmm. It's a scary feeling. And to not know how to handle it, to not know how to get rid of them, um, is also very, very scary. So yes, this was a very, very real experience for me. Mm -hmm. And I was always afraid it was going to get too real. I, I could feel that I would call them the dangerous ones because Mm -hmm. when I was younger, that's what my mom would say, you know, don't touch the stove, you know, that you'll, you'll burn yourself. It's dangerous. And so that's, so I started calling them the the dangerous ones. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's scary because, yes, this was very, very real to me. And I didn't know how far this would go. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if they wanted to take me with them <laughs> wherever they yeah. go to or um, or or what they had in plan, you know, what plans they had for me.
1: And you're a spirit medium. Do you feel like those dangerous ones were human in, in another life? That It's very interesting because
2: what I discovered over the years is that some were human in a different life. Um, some are what I call earthbound spirits. We know them as ghosts and some of them, um, are just very, very angry because their life has ended Mm -hmm. and they are upset and angry and they have grief over it and they need help. Sometimes they're reaching out for help. Sometimes they just want to be left alone. Sometimes they just want to, to be in the shadows. They want to be in a location that feels comfortable enough for them, and they want to be left alone.
1: It's amazing to think you can hold on to anger for so long, and then it—it's it's, you still have it in your afterlife. That's just so awful.
2: It is awful. It is. And you know what I learned was that what happens here when we move to the light, you know, when our time comes and we move to the light, what I discovered is that we have to make a decision to hold ourselves back. In other words, moving into the light, moving into spirit is very, very natural, extremely Mm -hmm. natural. It's as if it's just like us falling to sleep at night. It's like the default choice. Yeah, exactly. It's just going to happen. You know, it's going to happen and you're going to love it and you're going to want to go with it. It's going to feel so amazing that you just go with Mm it. And so we actually have to make a choice. We actually have to dig our feet into the sand and say, no, I'm not leaving here. I'm not leaving here. So um, so some people stay for many different reasons. Maybe their life felt unfinished to them. Uh, maybe they're searching for something that they are not ready to leave. Maybe they feel like they um, don't know where they're going. Maybe they didn't have a belief system and they're scared you know, and they feel that I'm just going to stay put right here because this is what I know. Uh, So there's many reasons. Uh, And then there's the more dangerous
1: ghosts. It's kind of incredible, though, to think that, like, in a way, ghosts still experience what us humans experience. They do. Like living in your anger or your sorrow or choosing something else.
2: Right. And that's this is the incredible part, Michelle, is that By working on ourselves, by healing, by looking at ourselves in life and saying, I don't want to continue living my life this way. I want to make changes. I want to heal this part of me. Mm -hmm. I want to, you know, I I came into this life and I've had some hard knocks, but I can't carry that around with me forever. And healing is the key to everything. Um, Because otherwise, we hold on to that. We hold on to it in our heart and into our soul. And yes, we can. Um, We have to find a way to release it at some point in time. And otherwise we take it to the other side with us. It can really define who you are, what you choose to hold on to perhaps. Exactly, exactly. We are constantly creating and recreating our world. And it's funny because I've talked to people for decades now and they feel like they have no control over their existence or you know, no ability to really make big change in their life. And they have to realize that, We're all the creators of our
1: own destiny. And that's perhaps very far from the actual truth. Yes. That we all actually do have the power to change our life. We have the power.
2: We have the power to change our life. And not only do we have the power, but we have to implement this power. We have to work on ourselves here in this life. It doesn't necessarily mean that if you don't, that you're going to end up earthbound. But it does mean that, you know, even when we cross over we have to go through that healing phase no matter what. Mm -hmm. So no matter what, we're going to have to do this healing. And absolutely, um, we have complete control in how the direction we want to take our life and the type of people we want to be here and the difference we want to make in this world. And um, the more we focus on all of the good and all of the beauty... Um, the more we create that for ourselves. And I know it's hard work. I know. We've all been there. Me, myself as well. It is hard work.
1: Um, But it's it's well worthwhile. Would you say that like, you know, in regards to like ghosts, are they kind of like the worst case scenario if you don't work things out? Or is it, if it's their choice to become that, it just seems like kind of like a really bad scenario to be stuck in that And that feeling for the rest of your life. It's really tough. It's really tough because you are stuck.
2: And what happens to ghosts is they are caught between two worlds, the physical world and the spiritual world. So now, uh, once I started seeing ghosts, as I got a little older, um, I clearly could see their existence. And it's really sad, Michelle. It's really sad. So what'll happen is sometimes I'll see them as a, a full entity. I'll see them as as a ghost they're kind of they're, they're transparent but i see them they look full-bodied and i can see you know their faces and and some of them are extremely solid where sometimes it confuses me and i think they're still in this world mm-hmm. and um and so i can have that experience and then as soon as i see them in that shape as soon as they take a few steps all of a sudden they turn into an orb they just turn into this entire orb and this orb floats through a, you know, floats through a wall, floats through a window, floats through something 3D in our world. And so they have, they are out of control. They are powerless. They don't exist in either world. They're caught in between two and they don't exist in either. And so, you know, one moment they can be solid and feel like I'm human. Next moment, they're out of control and they don't even know where you know where they're moving to. They don't have control of their movements, and they are um, just like we are guided by our emotions. It's a thousand times stronger, you know, when you're in that environment of feeling. Like, I'm not in control anymore, and I'm not alive anymore, but I'm not dead. And, and what's going on here? I mean, the level of fear, anxiety, depression, grief,
1: anger that comes from them. Which are all negative emotions. Right. And to be stuck in that forever. Right, right. And this is why
2: I got really, really interested in these beings. Um, the reason being was, uh, first, I was afraid of them. But then when I started understanding that there's a reason why they are where they are, and if I could help them get past that, then I felt like I, I somehow became communicator between the two worlds, you mm-hmm. know, where I wanted to connect with them. And then I wanted them to understand that they do hold the power still, even though they feel so powerless, even though they feel caught between these two worlds, that they still hold the power. You know, we hear a lot of talk about people saying, I, I will go out and clear a location and I'll help that person into the light. Well, what I've realized is that's true. That's pretty much you know what what we do, you know, and people who are like me, um, this is what we do. But the bottom line is there has to be a whole lot of communication before that happens in order to really have someone move into spirit has to be a lot of communication. Um, They have to learn to trust me. I have to come into their environment very, very carefully and I have to, you know, they have to gain my trust. And then once they feel that I'm trustworthy, then I can help. I can talk to them. They will talk to me. We will start connecting
1: and it helps to prepare them to move on to the other side. Interesting. It's kind of like the medical field, like informed consent, like getting the most information you can about something before you make the right decision. Oh, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> so, you know, would you call the ghost – are they spirits then? So it's like there's no body – But it seems like the spirit's stuck here on Earth. The spirit is stuck here on Earth. And they need, and perhaps they're willing, or they could be willing, some are, to make, you know, get the information to make the right decision then for them.
2: Exactly. And a lot of them need help. A lot of them need help. And what's interesting is that we have, you know, grown up believing that this is something scary and we need to stay away from it. And sure, on some levels, there's all different levels of spirit. So you do need to know who you're dealing with you know, when, what type of spirit you're dealing with. But honestly, um, this is really about, um, you know, I feel like the reason why I do this work is because I feel like if everyone had the knowledge that they could help these spirits in the same way I help them, Mm -hmm. could you imagine what a difference that would make in the world? Could you imagine to be able to free these spirits, these earthbound ghosts, um from their chains basically and set them free. Um, and that's why I do this work because I know that I can help them in this way. And it's such a great feeling to see them be able to move on. Um, but I want to share with everyone that we all have the ability to do this. We can all help these earthbounds. And I feel like I feel that it's our obligation to help them. I really do. They are human beings. And Like we would save a human being who's in trouble here on earth. You know, it's the same thing. And um, that's the message I really want to get out to people is that this is something, um, you know, if you can learn how to do Mm -hmm. this, you can gain the knowledge, you can learn how to do this, and you
1: can get out there and actually help these beings move into the light. And maybe it's kind of like the idea that humanity doesn't just end in the body form. Right. Right. You know, it extends into the spirit. Yes. Would you say that these spirits? You know, we t- we hear about light a lot. You know, like you know, the light or our own inner light. Would you say that these spirits have light in them? Mm-hmm. They do.
2: They do. They have light in them. Um, it's a little tricky because sometimes you see the shadow, the shadowy, darker ones mm-hmm. that don't have the light. And those are a whole different, we'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole different world right there. And um, if you see the shadowy ones or the ones called the shadow people, um, that's different. But when you see beings that look like you and me, and um, and they have light around them, well, these are people that can be saved. you know these are people that that
1: we can help over to the mm-hmm. other side. So it's more clear that they were human if it's if you can visualize them as people then that they were human
2: right exactly exactly um, definitely because you know the light we carry within mm-hmm. us is really from photons and so when we have light we have life and and so it's really that part of us that is like basically they are still, they're still chemically kind of comprised of the same things that we are. Mm-hmm. and Energy. Just energy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And so, like I said, when you have light, you have life. And so, so absolutely. But um, they're clearly lost. They're clearly lost. Yeah, they're clearly lost. Um, I could share a story with you about one that was terrifying to me, but when I got to the other side of it, it was a beautiful healing for her. And um, gosh, let's see, I was in my early 30s, and I just went to bed one, one night. And suddenly, I was awakened by feeling someone literally crawling on my bed, I could feel someone's um, hands touching my legs and my feet and, and it felt like this person was, you know, moving their way up towards me. Mm -hmm. So I woke woke up in a panic because my first thought is somebody broke into my house, you know, what's going on here. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and what I saw when I woke up was this young woman and uh, she was on her hands and knees and she was definitely crawling up towards me. And um, she was, she had this beautiful long blonde hair and she was matted with blood um she was beautiful she had this beautiful porcelain skin um she was a very attractive young woman and she was um she was covered in blood just covered in blood she was panicking was it wet or dry the blood it was wet it was wet and she was panicking it was a horrible sight to see mm-hmm. horrible and i thought oh my god this woman it looks like she's been stabbed so many times. That was my first thought. What Mm -hmm. happened here? And um, it was a a horrific sight to see. And um, she started just yelling to me that you have to help me. You have to help me. What happened to me? What happened to me? You have to help me. And it just scared me. Just the whole scenario just scared me. And I just sat there and listened to her. And she kept saying, I'm. I. I don't know what happened to me. I don't know what happened to me. You have to help me. She was desperate. I mean, extremely desperate. And that's when I said to her, "I said, hold on a minute, hold on." And I was trying to get my bearings. And, and I said, um, "I said, who are you? I don't know who you are." And then she said, um, "She said they sent me to you." That's not the first time I've heard that. I'm afraid to ask what that means, Michelle. But <laughs> do you know who they are? I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid to ask. So. So she said that to me. She said, they sent me to you, you know, like you're supposed to help me. They sent me. And so I said, okay. And she said, she said, you have to help me. And then um, she said, I don't know. The next thing she said to me was, um, she said to me, I have to get back to work. I have to get home. I, I don't know where my car is. I have to get back to my car. And she was just going on and on. About her life, and she was telling me that she, my money is gone. She kept saying, "My money is gone. Someone stole my money. My money is gone. I can't find my car. I can't find my house." She said, "I have to get back to work. I have to make money." That was her concern. Mm-hmm. In her mind, this is where she was at still in life, you know, and um, and so she was talking about this, and and she said something terrible happened to me. Something terrible, and I didn't, I didn't want her to see herself. I because I realized that she knew that something really awful happened to her mm-hmm. but she didn't remember what. Can they see themselves? They can. Like if she were to look at herself in a mirror, she possibly could. Some mm-hmm. can't, some can. It just depends. So, um um it just depends on on how solid they are in that moment. And so so she kept, you know, she was just so worried about getting back to work and 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 she knew something terrible happened to her. She didn't know exactly what happened to her. And so I told her, I said, you know, I said, I don't have the answers right now. I said, but I said, but I will find the answers for you. I will find the answers. And I said, and when I do, I'm going to call on you. Okay. And I said, will you promise me that you'll come back? Will you come back when I have the answers? And she said, yes. Yes. Yes, I will. And so, you know, so the next morning I just kind of prayed and did some meditation and I just kind of put out there that I need to to help this woman. Mm-hmm. And um, and so long story short, I um I, I just knew that I needed to help this woman. And so I started sharing the story with everyone I came in contact with. And I said, this is what happened. If you you hear of anything or if you know of anything, let me know. I need to find her somehow. I need to find what happened to her. And, um, and then, uh, her, her family was led to me. And so I, you know, I talked to her family and I realized didn't you get
1: a phone call that
2: morning. I did. I got a phone call. Yes. And from her family, from her family members. And so, and And how did her
1: family members find you? Well,
2: it's interesting because I was putting it out there to people and just saying, look, Uh I had this experience and then somebody, um, you know, recognized story I guess somebody recognized that that yes that she was missing amazing yeah and so and but this is the synchronicities of life right I mean this is what's so beautiful is that um she wouldn't have come to me no
1: accident right
2: there's no accidents and she wouldn't have come to me unless in other words I was I was certain that I would be able to make this connection for her because she was sent to me You know, and so I, I, so I just knew it would happen. I just had to find an avenue to to help her. Yeah. So, anyways, she. um, Well, the family came to you. The family came to Mm -hmm. me. The family said to me that um, you know we were sent to you uh, because we heard that you've experienced uh, a a young woman who's missing, and it, it just and it fit. The description of their family member, mm-hmm. and so I did. They said, show you a picture of her. Not at that time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Not at that time. And so what I did is I said, "Well, let's just let's sit down and let's talk about it." And so at that time you know, we sat down, we talked about it. And I said, this is the experience I had with this young woman. I don't know if it's the same woman you're looking for, but this is the experience I had. And I explained her to a T, I explained her beautiful long blonde hair, I explained her really bright blue eyes, her, um, you know, her light skin, you know, her height, her, you know, all the details about her. And then I explained to them that, you know, what she told me, and how she had to get back to work, and she was looking for her car, and she was looking for, um, you know, looking for her things. And she said that somebody stole her money. Her money's gone. And then, uh, and then, when I said that, one of the family members started crying, and she said, um, she said, "This is her." She said, "This is her," and um, that's when they th- they showed me a picture of her, and it fit the description. And she said, the reason why she thinks that her money is gone. The reason why she thinks her money is stolen is because she was murdered. She was killed. And this woman said, I had to go and empty out her bank accounts. I had to, you know, her checking her savings and all of that. And I took, I had to take the money out and close her accounts. And she said, that's why she's thinking that someone stole her money. So, um, how long ago before you're meeting the family, was she murdered then? Um, I believe she was gone for a few days. Okay. Yeah. So she came to me pretty early on. She came to me pretty quickly Mm -hmm. after her passing. And the reason for this, so this is what I learned through her scenario. The reason for her being sent to me so quickly is that I had to be able to put this puzzle together and try to help her into spirit before she really knew and realized what happened to her. Because the shock of her passing, if she started recalling her passing, the shock of her passing could have kept her stuck earthbound for a while. And this is what we're talking about. Beautiful soul, young soul, sweet woman, you know, just trying to live her life, you know, not a bad person in any way. And here, because someone decided to murder her and to take her life, she could have, if she started having recall of her, you know, of the whole incident, then that could have kept her earthbound.
1: Like that moment that in moment. time
2: that moment have kept time. her in earthbound state then. That moment in time would have. She would have felt so mm-hmm. much emotional pain and so much grief and so much anger, so much anger um, by the idea that someone would have the audacity to take her life from her. Mm-hmm. You know, so much anger. And so sometimes these wonderful spirits, these wonderful earthbound ghosts just need help. They need help. And they may seem like they are just out of control and angry. And and you think that attack might be towards you, but it's whatever they experienced in life. They're like stuck in those moments. They get stuck in those moments. They can't see past it. And so uh, briefly here, uh, what I decided to do is I decided, me and her family, we decided to that we needed to move her to the other side, and so I said I would facilitate this, and I wanted the family there, and I wanted them to talk about beautiful stories of her, uh, her life, her the good times, the fun times. Um, try to keep it in that direction, you know. Just talk to her, and um, and we will just slowly move her on over to the other side. But she needs the trust of her family members saying. It's okay for you to go. Your life is going to continue on, and it's going to be wonderful, and it's okay for you to go. So that's exactly what we did. And um, everyone in the room felt it when she went. To the light. When she went to the
1: light. That's Mm -hmm. beautiful that, you know, it was really the love and the light Mm -hmm. that brought her to truth again. Yes, it was. It absolutely was.
2: And there is an example of... And I'm sorry, who killed her? Oh, that's a... Uh, a long story. Um, It was, uh, she was married to this man, and he became very abusive, and he became very controlling. And she was trying to get out of this relationship. And she didn't know how. And I guess she was talking to her family members that I'm trying to get away. Uh, I just can't yet. And so she was trying to figure it out. And unfortunately, time had run out for her. And um, he figured out that she was trying to leave him and he murdered her. And it's, you know, it, it's another one of those stories where there's a, a physical world lesson here too. Uh, when we're caught in a situation like this, when, when you have a good soul who's controlled to this level by a, by a negative soul. And how to get out of a situation like this safely. How to know how to do this. You know, she she didn't know. She didn't see this coming. Mm-hmm. She had no idea how to protect herself and help herself in this situation. And so she tried the best. And and it didn't work out for her. Her murder was gruesome. It was absolutely gruesome. And um, it, it, it just horrible. So Is he incarcerated now? He actually fled the country. And he, um, he fled the country, he left, he returned back to Canada from where I believe he was from, and he committed suicide.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so just tragic. But at least the one good feeling that I have out of it, out of the situation is knowing that she's in the light, and she's in peace. And I don't know where he's at or what his journey is now. But at least you can, she will always have peace away from him. Yeah, she will always have that peace from him.
1: That she's not stuck in this forever torment.
2: Exactly. She's not stuck in the forever torment. She doesn't have to worry about him being able... They will never be... um, What was explained to me by a different spirit many years um, later was that we break a contract. We don't have the right to take someone else's life from them. And so when we do that, we break a contract with them. And therefore... um, we're never allowed to see that person again they will never be we'll never be in the same lifetime together you know we'll never experience each other we will probably won't even be in the same you know um dimension with each other so um thank goodness <laughs> I know, exactly exactly At that we have good that thing safety guard that, yeah yeah oh that my we, gosh that we have that safety guard that yeah whatever they were meant to work out in this lifetime is now gone you know it's eternally gone and so it, it made me feel good to at least to know that she has that piece.
1: I think that's the thing about free will. Like you have the choice to do something great with your life and your choices, or you can also choose to do the other direction. Right.
2: Right. And we have choice. That That's the beauty of choice. And, um, you know, it, it's important. It's not that we all, you know, we all make mistakes. We all um maybe go directions that aren't the healthiest or best for us sometimes uh but the key is not dwelling on that the key is finding your way back to yourself Mm -hmm. um that's really the key um sometimes we have to forgive ourselves and say that we've made mistakes or or you know or or life circumstances has affected us um but the key is is getting back You know, getting back on our path, getting back to what we really need to do in this life and what we really want to do in this life. Again, like you were saying earlier, Michelle, it's about having that complete control over our destiny through our emotions. You know, through the emotional side of us, and it's just really important that we are able to, you know, forgive ourselves also and be able to say, "I'm only human." you know, I'm only human, and I'm here living this human experience. And, um, but But this life counts, this life counts, this life really does count. And uh, it it is so important for people to know that to know that sometimes we can get caught up in maybe being hard on ourselves. You know, um, we can get caught up in, in thinking that, We don't have the power that we wish we had, or we're not living the life that we wish we could. And to know that we can turn that around with our own thoughts and emotions is very powerful. Very powerful. And I
1: think knowing that there could be the possibility of forever torment, Mm -hmm. why not fix it now then? (laughs) (laughs) Well, true. (laughs) True. (laughs) You know, it's just,
2: I would say, I have been connecting people with their loved ones in spirit. For about 25 years now. So I, I share with them validation so they recognize this as their loved one in spirit. And I've been doing this for about 25 years now. And what I find really, really interesting when I'm connecting with a spirit on the other side is what I've learned through spirits on the other side. Um, like who are in the light, right? Who are in spirits the light. Are, who are in the light. Mm-hmm. Who are in the light. And I have their loved ones here in the physical world with me. What they talk about is the love and the light. What they talk about and what they remember are their memories with their loved ones and the love that they have for them. And I think sometimes we don't give love the energy that it deserves. In other words, it is the most powerful energy in the universe. And when I watch this connection between these worlds, it's just so powerful to see and The spirits in the light on the other side are always so grateful that they'll come through saying, I'm so thrilled because I'm on the other side, but I'm complete with all my loved ones here in the Mm -hmm. physical world. I'm complete with them. You know, I made sure that I did right by them while I was here. I made sure that I, if anything happened between us I made sure that we cleared it before I died you know I I made sure that we were okay and I believe that's the biggest lesson that
1: it's one of the biggest lessons I've ever taken from my work Mm -hmm. that's interesting that you say that because if love and light is what matters on the other side then why are we focusing on so many negatives right in our lives right now instead of giving love the credence that it deserves Right. Exactly. Exactly.
2: And you know, it's a challenge. I understand that it's a challenge because we come into this world, we, we come from spirit, and there's a part of our soul that remembers that. So we come into this world from the spiritual world, where we're in that light and love, and where we do feel empowered, and we do feel like these universal beings. And, and then we come into the physical world, which is a lot harder, a lot slower, a lot, you know, a, a lot more challenges. Um, it, it's more challenging for us. Um, and, and I believe this is what happens. I believe we get caught up in, in the 3d world, and the negativity of the world. And, um, and so Maybe yes, we get easily confused. We get easily confused. That's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Because what we're seeing as negativity is really just a challenge for us to overcome. You know, we're, we're here to just, we're here to continue growing. We're here to continue learning about our soul and our progression, um, our personal progression. And so... You know, we, we come here to challenge ourselves. And that's what we need to remember, that whenever we see a big block ahead of us in life, um, instead of taking it in that direction where where we, you know, where it causes us anger and grief and despair, we have to look at that block and say, well, why is it here? Because this is just a challenge for me. This is something that I can overcome and get to the other side of. And so I need to stay in that energy so I can find my way out of this. You know, I could find, I can get to the other side of it. And so, um, and I know it's not always easy, but but that's what happens here is is we come into this world and we all start feeling that on yeah. some level, everyone starts feeling that.
1: But perhaps just knowing that if the universal message is love, don't let fear or those negative emotions guide you let the universal message guide you which is yes. that of love yes and is that
2: of love and you're always going to find your answer in the energy of love you're always going to find the answer to the to the challenge the you're always going to find um you're always going to find whatever you're needing whatever you're uh, desperately wanting to to understand or desperately wanting to know or desperately wanting to Heal from yeah. it's all
1: there. It's all there. There's, in the almost, of like, love. there's almost like no wrong answer if the deficient's made from love, right? Everything's the right answer. Hopefully, and, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, right, right. And it's just you know, it's it's hard for us, you know, because we, you know, I try to explain to people, for an example, that our our self talk, you know, in other words, we can talk ourselves up. We can just say. I can do this. I'm taking on this challenge mm-hmm. and I'm excited and I know I can do it. And then we have this other part of us that says, why do I think I should be able to do this? Or I'm worried about not being able to do this. Or I've never gotten, I've never done it before. So how could I? And we have this back and forth talk, right? This, this empowered talk and then this negative self-talk. And I've always told, you know, I always explain it to people that we're always influenced by beings. And so we're always influenced by the light, like the angelic divine energy. I've seen angels my whole life. And um we're always being influenced. And so they are, you know, sharing with us their love for us and saying, "You can do this. Come on, you can do this." And then we have the, the darker, more dangerous energies who don't do not want us to succeed and they are, you know, influencing influencing us as well. So what I try to explain to people that the thoughts in our mind are not always our thoughts. Mm-hmm. These are influenced thoughts. Because if you think about it, why would we say these terrible things about ourselves? Mm-hmm.
1: Why, why would, why would the, we? Why would the darker energies want to influence us?
2: You know, to gain power and control over this world, honestly. Um, they want to come in here in, into this 3D world and, and create armies. you know they, they want to come to this world and they want to own it. They want it to be theirs. they want to rule it. And so you know they start slowly but surely um, working on human beings. And um, it's unfortunate and it's sad, but people need to understand that as long as you're in the the light and the higher energy, mm-hmm. These beings cannot they they can't influence you in any way, as long as you're able to stay in this other energy.
1: It's like you build your shield if mm-hmm. you if you live from love, absolutely and make choices from love, absolutely. Then who's susceptible to those darker energies? Then I would say um, we're all
2: influenced by this energy all the time. Um, the difference is just like you said, if you're able to keep yourself in this higher energy or, um, you know, uh, you're a little more protected from it. Um, so they, they kind of, they wait, they, they want to, um, you know, they, they want to telepathically put these thoughts in our heads that we're not good enough that we can't do, we can't succeed, we can't, you know, um, we shouldn't love, we, you know, all of these things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then what happens is, you know, maybe someone has a tough moment or a tough time in their lives. In other words, what I'm trying to say is we're completely protected and we can be around these energies and stay completely protected until and unless we make a choice that takes us down a bad road. You know, if we make a decision that we feel in our heart, like, I really shouldn't be doing this, but I'm going to anyways. Mm -hmm. um, Then, you know, whenever we make a decision where we turn away from our morality, that's when we have a problem. And so, so with these dangerous beings, um, that's what they're waiting for. That's what they're waiting for. Is that person to make that choice and turn away from their morality, because then they can slip in and they can start influencing this person more Mm -hmm. and they can start
1: controlling this person. And, um, and yeah. the way I see it is kind of like if someone's not feeling great, it's kind of like getting more people to feel like you <laughs> if you exactly. feel badly, you know, or if you're coming from a bad place.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Except this is this is a darker, more sinister situation here mm-hmm. where people can be controlled and can be possessed. And they can end up going out in the world and 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 doing terrible things to people that they wouldn't have done mm-hmm. otherwise. And I've helped – to not work with this energy, but work with others who are afflicted by this mm-hmm. energy to, to save that human. And so um, so what I've discovered with this darker energy is that I can stay in a um, space. I, I can go in. In other words, I, I have to clear them from this person. And what I realized is I, I can't go in there and coming from a place of hate or anger or, um, you know, or anything towards that dark energy, because it will feed off of it. Mm-hmm. And so this is another lesson for, you know, for all of us, that um, I actually go into a situation like this with no energy around me whatsoever, as far as no, I, no bad feelings towards except this, for love, right? except for love, except for love. Exactly. And I go in there. And that's what I do. And I stay in that mode. And, um, and that's what I do. And, and I'm able to help this other human able to help win the fight, <laughs> you know, with this human, and, uh and this negative energy, you know, can't really, um, because their energy as well, energy can never be destroyed. So it's not like I can say, well, I'm just going to wipe this mm-hmm. energy off the planet. Um, but so it's not about destroying them. It's about staying in the energy so you can no longer feel them. Mm-hmm. They're around us. It's like, but they can't manifest unless we kind of bring them to manifestation.
1: Or if we open the door to that. If you yeah. open the door. I guess, you mm-hmm. know, it's like hate can't fight hate, but love can trump hate. Yes. Yes. Jenny, what would you say about that, um, that Amityville uh, horror story?
2: Yeah, the Amityville Horror Story, that's an interesting one. That's an interesting one because, let me think here for a minute. Hold on a sec here. Um, That one is interesting uh, because it has different levels to it. So there's so many lessons to learn in this one. (laughs) So many. So let's see. Um, Okay, so the tragedy around this is that there was a family... And the family was murdered by the oldest son. He was 28 years old, and I believe this was demonic energy. The demonic energy had taken hold of him. And this is why. When I looked into his past, when I looked into when they moved into the home and and you know, just his past life, it seemed to be that, that yeah, maybe he was slightly going down a a different road than maybe he should have been, but nothing terrible. I think he was kind of suffering in school, and I think he may have dropped out at some point. I think he was trying to find himself, so to speak, Um, but nothing that would warrant him to kill his family. And I believe that he must have gotten caught up with other people that are probably in that same space, and maybe there was some... There could have been some some drug use involved, or there could have been, you know, some other nefarious um, things that he got into with other people. That would be my guess. And I feel like that would have opened the door. And it would have opened the door to this energy. And uh, what would have happened is he would be experiencing what I would call hallucinations, where he's you know, seeing these strange beings, and he is um, not aware of who they are, but they're trying to to tell him that he's fighting for God, basically. Mm-hmm. He's fighting for God by going in and killing his family that that he's fighting for God.
1: and um, and he is believing this misinformation. Though. and
2: he's believing the misinformation. And that's why my feeling is there could have been maybe drugs involved or something mm-hmm. something had to have. Shifted his reality mm-hmm. in his mind to make him more vulnerable. Yes, and so, um, and so I believe that's what happened. And they worked on him and worked on him until he really started believing that he was on a mission for God and this was the right thing to do. And one night in the middle of the night, he went into his, the home and and he killed his siblings and his parents. And uh, it, it was it's horrible. It's a horrible scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So, shortly after that, the house went up for sale, and a new family came into the house. And they said they couldn't stay there for longer than a month. I think they were there for six weeks or so, and they had to move out because of all of the experiences they were having, Um, including extreme experiences of of levitating above their beds. You know, some (laughs) things move in the house. I mean, really, really huge experiences and so there was a lot of talk about you know are these people are they being truthful are they being Mm -hmm. truthful are they just they know the history of the house did they just move in here to to share this story and and write this book about it and a movie about it Mm -hmm. and all of that and um i could see how that could be the case i really could um But I do feel at some level they were experiencing um, some demonic energy. Mm -hmm. I feel like it probably wasn't to the degree that that was shared, you know, with them levitating on the bed and all of that kind of stuff. I don't believe it probably got to that level. But I do believe they had experiences that probably really scared them. Yeah, really scared them. And so I do feel like they left because of that reason.
1: Because, I mean, honestly,
2: do. if you buy a house, most people don't leave after six weeks anyway. Right. 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 And that's a huge investment. <laughs> right. And the idea behind it was that this all could have been a farce. You know, this all yeah. could have been, you know, cons- construed or or whatever. And it could have all, you know, they, they could have planned this. But, you know, I, I just don't have that feeling. And I'll tell you why. Because... when a a new family moves into a home that has experienced that, when you have that level of demonic energy in a home, then you're going to have some sort of influence from that demonic energy, some sort of experiences from that demonic energy. And so it makes complete sense to me that they moved in, happy to be there, And uh, and suddenly things started going awry. Now, I don't know exactly what happened in that house, because I do feel that what has been presented down the road probably is an exaggeration. Um, but i my guess is that they were experiencing seeing shadow people um, beings in the house I'm sure that they had an
1: uncomfortable feeling in the house and what are shadow people essentially you said you don't really visualize them but are they like another type of ghost then
2: yeah I, I do see the shadow people and mm. it's interesting because I usually see them when um, you know on properties of demonic influence. So when there's a demonic energy there, I see the shadow people. Um so I do believe that they are another form of, of mm-hmm. demonic energy. I, I feel like they're an accumulation of very negative negative So energy. you literally
1: see shadows and you hear them.
2: I do. Mm-hmm. I do. And and they look like people. They walk like people, they move like people, but sometimes they move really, really, really fast. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're very, very short. Sometimes they're tall and very thin. And the creepy thing about it is you will always see them kind of looking around trees, and they're, they're lurkers, you know, they mm-hmm. just, uh, there's something creepy about that. Um, yeah. They look like... Even a human behind a tree is
1: pretty creepy. You <laughs> I know. <laughs> know,
2: I know, I know. So, yeah, so so in this case, I feel like, um, really, uh, there was demonic energy. Uh, and so what that tells me is it tells me that that demonic energy was has been probably on that property for a long, long time. There's something... Um, before this event, the murder, this, the mass murder, um, there's, there had to have been another event on that property, Mm -hmm. on that land at some point in time. Now it could have been a hundred years ago, 200 years ago or more, but there had, there's, that land is unhealed Mm -hmm. because for demonic energy to be able to, um, to find its way into that property, um, It's because it's on polluted land, unhealed land. Like it's imprinted with bad Mm. stuff then. It is imprinted with that negativity. That energy. Even if you're a great family moving into Mm -hmm. it, it's imprinted with that negativity. And so this family did the right thing by getting their children and themselves out of there. They did the right thing. Um, Do you think that land could ever be healed? It could. It could. A lot of people don't know how to heal the land. Um, Mm -hmm. So, but yes, if someone was, you know... If someone who, who knows how to do that, you know, I know how to do that, and, and others do, then um then the land could be healed again. Um, how but long is the process? Oh, it you know, it just depends. It mm-hmm. depends on like on, it, yeah, it depends on the the energy, how long, how ensconced it is in there, how how long, um, you know, has this been. Has this energy been there for 200, 300 mm-hmm. years? It takes a lot of research before you even touch the property. You have to know exactly what you're kind of It's like into. literally
1: like therapy for the land. It's absolutely therapy for the land. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Everything holds because, energy, like even the land itself. Yeah. If we
2: didn't have our trees, we couldn't mm-hmm. we couldn't breathe, <laughs> you know? So, um, so yes, we need our nature. And when we see nature not thriving around us, that's a big sign of, negative demonic energy in that location. So that's what I look for, you know, in in hauntings. But yeah, so I, you know, jumping ahead here, though, what's interesting is, after this family left, then another family moved in. Um, Maybe there's been a few families now, I'm not sure. But what I can tell you is that the present family that's living there has always said, we've lived here for years and years and never had one experience, never one experience. So again, you know, here's another layer to it. So how could this family be so, you know, this family that was there for about six weeks, how could they be so influenced and have all these terrible experiences? And then this other family comes along and says, nothing, there's nothing to see here. Well, a lot of people think, you know what, they just don't want you know, they don't. They don't want the publicity. They don't want. You know. They just want to be left alone. But what's really interesting is what we've been talking about today. Is the fact that if this is something that you don't want to give energy to, in other words, if this is, if you go into the house knowing what's happened there, and automatically fearing it, well, then absolutely, you know, you're gonna that that fear is gonna create it. Mm-hmm. That fear is gonna create it. And that I feel fear like- will be fed. It will be fed. Exactly. So I believe that after the murder of this family, the the second family that that came in, the, the next, I'm sorry, the next family that came in, um, the reason why they had all those experiences is because they knew the history. They went into it anyways, and they probably feared what happened there. They were probably concerned. They were a little anxious. They were probably on watch, on mm-hmm. guard. and And I feel like that's why everything blew up for them. And then this other family comes in, the current family, and says, I don't even believe in any of that stuff. I don't believe that could even happen. And we're fine. And so that's what happened here. Because like we've been talking about this whole time, if you don't feed it energy, it can't manifest. And so sure, that energy can still be on that property. But if these people are not fearing it, not believing in it, not, you know, have, you know, they're they're just living their lives and, and they have no no connection to it in that way whatsoever, um, then it can't manifest to that to that place.
1: They're really strong people though, Jenny. I know. That's a really that's, <laughs> that's an indication of that. strength there
2: though. That's a, a great, <laughs> a great indication of people who can really keep that balance.
1: Yeah. You know, until actually live it, my gosh. To live it and just say, I, I don't really
2: mm-hmm. believe it. I, I don't even mm-hmm. think I believe that story. Um, we've never had an issue. Yeah. I can, I've can i gone into homes, Michelle, where where there's all kinds of things happening, all kinds of paranormal activity going off. And one person in the household sees it and experiences it all the time. And another, and another person in the household never experiences it. And this is why. It's because someone either is anxious about it and they attract it to themselves. And another person says, "I don't even believe in that. Therefore, I, I'm putting no energy around it. I can't fear something I don't believe." And uh, and so that person will have no experience in the That's same incredible. house. incredible. It's like,
1: fascinating. We can choose what we're going to give credence in our lives. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Jenny, yeah. thank
1: you so much. You know, I never knew paranormal um, work could be so beautiful in a way. It's like you're bringing them to the light. Thank you so much. It's so humane. (laughs) Well, thanks for having me here, Michelle. I've enjoyed our talk. Thank you.
0: See you next time on another edition of Lost or Found. Please don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends.